Hey, great to be here. Um, again, happy still out getting changed, but what an awesome event, hey, what an awesome thing to be a part of. And um, I don't know, it's just a little bit of soul back on that there, Brad, or something, you could cut it. Um, that's better. Uh, just, yeah, so, so awesome to be a part of a young person giving their life to Christ. And, and of course, if, if there's anyone else that would like to do that along the way, then just let someone know a friend know or a parent or a run of us or whoever it is, doesn't really matter. Um, as we mentioned before, uh, the whole giving your life to Christ means that you become part of a family, a new family, and the family of Christ. And that, that's a pretty special thing. It's, it's you know, you, I guess we talk about being born again and probably a lot of people, maybe everyone, maybe not quite, but certainly a lot of people here would understand the concept of being born again and when you're baptised, you know, with, through water and the Spirit and there's sort of, okay, a bit of churchy terms going on there, but, you know, when you've been born, when you are born, when you are initially born as a little baby, real, like, you know, in real life, you become part of a family and when you are born, reborn, born again, Christian, all that sort of, those sort of terms we often use, then you also become part of, officially part of, you elect to be part of God's family, which is really cool and really neat. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about family as we go on and we get a little bit further into, into what we're going to speak on the, uh, this morning. We are, we've been, for those who haven't been here for the last week or two, or maybe just last week, we started a new series and, and we're talking a little bit about um, community, we're talking about how important getting together is. We're talking about how, how much of an impact and how lives can change when we're doing life in a community. And today I want to talk about how life is better in circles opposed to rows. So how life is better in circles opposed to rows. So I, I, I was thinking about this and, and I actually mentioned to Sarah, who she's not in the room right now, so I can be a little bit freer with these next comments maybe. But I was talking to Sarah about, I said, I said to her, I said, um, Give me an example, just give me a, a, any life, it doesn't have to be a churchy thing, just, just any example in life where, where life is better in circles rather than rows. And this is what she said, right? And this, I, just, I'd had, I had not even thought of this. I said, give me an example in life where, where, where it's better in circles than rows. And this is what she came up with. Throw this picture on the screen. She said, at a wedding, it's always better to sit, next slide, Loco, it's always better to sit in circles not rows. Now, I don't know how your wedding was, if you were married or if you haven't, if you're not married, obviously, if you've been to weddings, you know, I, and I, that was like, well, I don't really have an opinion whether you sit in a row or a circle at a wedding, it's like, just, that's, anyway, but, but that was Sarah's first thing, I thought, that's pretty feminine, right, I'm mean, just saying, like, you know, she's gone straight to the whole wedding thing, and I'm just like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's cool, got a good, that's always, you know, good perspective, but it's funny, though, because my first thought, when I thought, uh, just a life example of how life is better in circles rather than rows, this was just the first thing that came to mind, Sarah just walked in, Sarah just got away with it, um, w the first thing that came to mind was this, right, I lost that first little clip, was driving, right, so when you're driving along, often you have to keep between the lines, um, that's just what you do, I mean, it's straight to that next one, Lockie. All right, this one's out in the country, don't mind driving in the country. So this is where, where you've got to keep in the, between the lines. This is where you're doing things in a row. And my thought was, well, life is better in circles rather than rows. So, that, so this is where my mind sort of went to. Like, 
Life is better in circles rather than rows, right? That's just, I don't know, I guess that's the difference between a, a female mind and a, I mean, look at that, perfect circle. That's, that's like symmetry right there. You just watch that for quite a while. Anyway, I want to talk today about how life is better in circles, not rows, how life is better. And of course, we're going to have a, a spiritual application on that. Um, and, we're, and we're going to unpack this a little bit. Now, I don't know everyone here. I haven't met everyone in this room. That's okay. Welcome anyway. My name's Neil, just in case you don't know. I'm really glad to have you here. But I don't know everyone, okay? And, and I guess when we come to something like a church, or even, and it doesn't even have to be a church, it could be any sort of group, but when we come to somewhere, excuse me while I just fix this up a little bit in the rush, when we come to somewhere like a church, like we don't necessarily know, any, know everyone. And, and it can be a bit daunting. And I don't know if you, you know, maybe this is the first church experience you've ever had. Um, and I really do hope that it was a welcoming one. I hope people were genuine because we like to think. Now here at Refresh that we, we, you know, we're a friendly church and a welcoming church. And a church that as soon as you walk through those front doors that you feel at home. Um, but of course it's not necessarily your home. I mean you, you might come in here and you actually feel very uncomfortable. Uh, but you know like that's like with any large crowd you you walk in and there's always some ha- apprehensions if you walk some walk into a situation for the very first time but when you when you walk into a church I don't know if anyone ever has sort of had this idea that churches are meant to be warm and welcoming and you get to the place and it's anything but it's like cold it's like you know little story I remember going to a church long time ago now um, it was very much they advertised themselves as really welcoming and, and, and friendly and, and all these sort of things. And I remember going on the first day and the person at the door was just like, like really friendly, like sort of nearly over the top friendly, which was cool, right? It was all right. And I remember thinking, oh, that's, that's pretty nice. And then the next week, we went there and someone else was on the door and they were really friendly and nice and that was, that was fine. And then we saw the first person that we met like the week before, so the very first person that we ever greeted, who was really friendly and nice last week. But then we went and said, oh, you know, I remember you, you were really welcoming and friendly. And they were just like, and turned away and walked. I'm like, hang on a minute. Like, all of a sudden you go, is this just a show? Is this just like, is this just like pretend? You know, and, and of course, all of a sudden you, your walls go up and you think, oh man, this is not what I thought it was. And Life is better in circles, not rows. See, the problem we have, the problem we have, and you might have experienced this, is sometimes you can sort of, you can be alone in a big crowd. And I don't know when you may have felt alone in a big crowd. Um, Some people love crowds. Some people, you know, like big crowds, they're like, yep, and happy to be involved. Other people do feel quite isolated. And, you know, especially, have you ever turned up? Here's a question. Have you ever turned up to a party um, where it's sort of like a friend of a friend's party? And so you've said, okay, we'll meet you there. And so you get there and you don't really really know hardly anyone. And you sort of get there and, and the sort of, you know, there's people around, they might be eating food or they might be whatever type of gathering it is. Um, you can't find your friends, so, and there's just no one talking to you and you're just going, this is so awkward. And you're just like, I just want to leave. I just do not, I just do not want to be a part of, of this place at this time. And, and it gets to that place where, um, yeah, you just you feel so uncomfortable because you're in a big group but there's no connection. You're in a big group, which we might say is like a community, but there is no community. There is no, there is no connection. There is no 
relationship uh, and it's and it be quite can be quite difficult when I went to when I was a kid Abby talked about in her in her little testimony there she said you know she went to church most weekends as a kid and all that sort of stuff yeah I grew up as a Christian kid as well I went to church that was just my story but I could honestly say that my church don't mean to pick out you guys but my church was probably consisted of these front rows just here that's about how maybe four if we were generous that's about how many people went to my church week in week out all right so it was a pretty small little church if you got to 20 it's like oh we've got some visitors today so that was pretty exciting so so that was that was the church that I grew up in until I left high school which which was really good in a lot of ways because it was a community like we everybody knew everybody everybody was friends with everybody uh you you ate together you shared life together you did you know you just you did stuff together it wasn't just we come to this big group of people and go home again and that's really cool and there's some advantages of being in a very nice little tight church but of course we all want you know we want church is one thing everyone talks about when it comes to churches let's grow our church let's share the good news let's let's extend you know the christian you know with christ with people in our community and let's grow it and of course that's fantastic but as churches grow then what we can actually lose is the very thing that we're trying to achieve and that is community and community with Christ and that can be a real challenge as we grow we can become impersonal as we grow people can get sort of just lost and if we're not connecting on a level a little bit deeper than just coming in doing the large crowd stuff and going home then I think we're selling ourselves a little bit short on on what Christ had intended. If you think about what Jesus did, when Jesus walked the earth, and, and haven't got time to go into every story, but, but Jesus picked out 12. He picked out a little group, not much bigger than this group here. He picked out a little group of people. And he spent most of his time, mo- not all of his time, but he spent most of his time with a very few number of people. Sure. He spoke in synagogues, he spoke to large crowds, thousands at a time, on some occasions. He spoke to, you know, to big groups, he spoke to important people, he spoke to people who were the commoners on the street, all those sort of things. But most of his time, as it's recorded in the Bible, most of his time he spent with very, very few. He did life with his disciples, he ate together, he shared experiences together, he, ta- he taught them they asked him questions, he answered their questions. He spent most of his time with a few. In our journey, and I guess, we, you know, being very honest, we, we are a fresh family here, we would love for every person to feel like this is indeed their home. This is indeed somewhere where they can feel comfortable. But if you're not getting on with your family or if you don't know your family, like it's hard, to, it's hard to, to feel comfortable and at home if you're not really with family. Like home and family go together. And so today we just want to, I guess just briefly in a little bit of time that we have left, I just want to unpack one little passage in Ecclesiastics. And I just want to look at, and Solomon wrote Ecclesiastics, wisest man that ever lived. I just want to look at a few things that he said about the importance of having a few close people. So we're going to go to um, we're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter four, and we're going to go at about verse nine. I think we've got that up on the screen. 
and we're just going just gonna to go through a couple of verses here. So Solomon here in Ecclesiastes says, two are better than one because they have good returns for their work. In other words, you know what, it's actually quite helpful when, if you're doing a job, if you're doing a task, this is, and this is not even a godly thing, this is not a church thing, this is just a thing, this is just a, this is just works in life, you know, if you've got someone to help you do a job, you can quite often get more done with two people than two people could have done on their own. Does that make sense? That's not too confusing, let me say that again. You can quite often get done, two people can get more done together, working together, than two people could have done on their own, okay, that's just a normal thing, like that, you see that all the time, you, you work together, you, most people, um, maybe not if you're in school, like in group work, you know, like, does that, when you put four people together, then you get not much done at all, okay, yeah, right. so, but most of the time, right, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labour, in other words, uh, Solomon's saying, you know, that's just the thing, when you can get together, when you can get a small group together, you can get more done than you can all by yourself, okay, next verse, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. Well, that's often why two, two's good, two's better than, than one. Pity the man, um, pity, but pity anyone who falls and no one has, uh, and no one to help, and has no one to help them up, sorry. Pity the man, or pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Can you think about this? It's, it's a little bit of an issue and, and you see this with people who are isolated in the community. Um, we read, I won't go into the story, but for our little worship time in the mornings in our, in our family, we read a story just this week about two guys who, who basically lived as sort of hermits in a house and paranoid about everyone and, and eventually one of them got really sick and the other one set up so many crazy little traps and got caught in his own trap and no one knew they were there. And anyway, it's a crazy wild story, but at the end of the day, no one knew that they were in trouble. What do you do when no one knows you're in trouble? If you've isolated yourself, if you've isolated yourself from friends, if you've isolated yourself, if you don't input into your community, then people don't get back out or people can't connect with you. And when something goes wrong, see, quite often what happens, particularly, I've seen this happen, I'll talk churchy churchy terms now, but but it also applies to lots of different areas in the community, whether it be work or, or other social clubs or whatever. You, if, you know, if, if church is not your headspace right now, then you can certainly apply that to school, different types of places. But quite often, people can isolate themselves and they can go all right for a while, but it's not until something goes wrong. And when something goes wrong, then all of a sudden they look around and there's no one there to help them. If you haven't put in time into a community, into a small group of something, of people around you, when something goes wrong, there's no one really there to back you up. It's very difficult to seek help. It's actually something that happens in chaplaincy. I'm a chaplain here at school, just for those who may not know. In chaplaincy at school, we have a constant tension because we would, like in all honesty, you may find this, you may or may not believe this students who are sitting in the sitting here but we actually we really do love and want to care for every single student and staff every every person at our school that's that's we love to get out of bed and do that you know it's a great thing to be able to do but we also know that people really only reach out to those who they have a relationship with typically you only reach out to someone who you already know 
And sometimes you think, well, how do I get to know a thousand people? And yet then there's people who need help. And it's just a constant, sort of bit of a constant, constant tension to try and actually get to know as many people as we possibly can. And, and really, because we actually, we, we genuinely do love all our students, but they don't really know that we love them unless we actually go out and help them or we go and show them. And quite often that's with our community, with everyone. Like, people don't reach out to others unless they know that they care for them. And, and if you don't set that up when things are good, then when things aren't so good, what are you going to do? And whether you, if you're at school, it might be like, you know, you might have a couple of one or two tight friends, that's awesome. But like, maybe you want to extend that network just a little bit larger. Or adults, sometimes we can isolate ourselves, we can just come back and forward to work and that's what life seems to just do for us and we don't get a chance to do much else. But at the end of the day, if we don't put into a community somewhere, then one day something will, one day something will go bad. Um, I mean, we don't like to think that, but quite often we all run into little bumps in our life. That's just, just a bit of reality. Pity the man, or pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. I'm going to go to verse 12. Verse 12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And here is a reference to saying, basically, you, you have someone who can have your back. Have you got someone who's got your back? A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. So Solomon here is trying to explain. He's trying to, he's trying to get across this message that, you know what, you need to do life together. And see, quite often, I guess this whole concept that we've been talking about, how, how life is, is better in circles um, than rows, we can come into a, into a church, or any community for that matter, uh, you think about, like, if we were, let's put church aside for a minute, if I was in a public hall and having a public meeting, most probably you'd be in rows just like this, and there'd be someone up the front, and probably the reason why you've met together is because there's an issue, and there might be a politician standing up the front, and everyone's pointing the finger or having bad things to say, I don't know, whatever it might be, but there's not a whole lot of, like, togetherness, usually it's, it's anyway, it's not, not super good come to church look church is like we encourage people to come to church there's no doubt about it you know and, and we get to worship together um but but that's sort of what we're doing we, we're worshiping together and we can hopefully hopefully maybe <laughs> spirit at work you know maybe you may be informed with whoever's sitting up you know standing up the front speaking um or you might be a little bit inspired maybe but we're not doing life together as such when we're sitting in rows this is the crowd and you know it's a great place to start it's a great place to meet people and like i said hopefully we'll be able to learn a little bit hopefully we'll be able to be inspired but who do you get to encourage or who gets to encourage you on a personal level like at the moment all you're listening to is one guy out the front speaking but when we start to do life in circles the game changes do you have anyone in your life that will ask you how you're going and when you say yeah i'm fine we'll go no 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 no, that didn't sound right do you have anyone in your life like that some people go yep my guess is they talk just talk to these three girls that stood up the front i reckon they've got their friends that do that all right that's pretty evident that's cool but we don't all necessarily have that and it's sort of a bit easy when you're at school when you're a student at school you're sort of always with your mates that's really neat use that 
foster that. Maybe some of us adults, maybe we, we lose that sort of connection unless we're really intentional about making, it, making that a, a priority. Think about this. I'm going to bring it back to, to Abby and the baptism and, and, and being part of the family we spoke about. When you, as a family, you think about your family, maybe think about it, what you did last night or last week or maybe last year, two, five years ago, whatever. Just think about your family. And I don't know how your family operates, uh, and that's, that's cool, whatever, like that's, that's fine, but just think of, put it in your context. How often does your family sit in rows or how often does your family, <coughs> excuse me, sit in a circle? And if we're part of a family, how do we want to sit? Some of us might sit in rows quite often and probably you're watching TV or doing something like that. You know, that's your sitting in rows. Some of you, I don't know, again, I'm not sure about you, but when you're sitting in a circle, it might be around a, a dinner table or it might be even around a, I don't know, a campfire or it might be around a cup of coffee, hot drink type scenario. When you're in a row versus wi- when you're in a circle, which one do you connect with more? Which one goes deeper? Which one do you actually start finding out, hey, what's really going on in your life? Which one are you able to speak life into your children or kids, you know, being able to share with your parents about what's going on and about the actual, you know, if things are a bit tough or if things are going great or whatever. When are you sitting in rows? When are you sitting in circles? And what takes place during those times? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, a cord of three is not quickly broken. The more people you can have in a, not in a crowd sense, but in that, you know, not just isolated, but if you can have a little tight group, then you're able to connect and help each other along. I guess one of the big problems is There's probably two, two elements to it. First of all, if we do isolate ourselves, then when things do go bad, and unfortunately life does seem to throw every now and then some speed bumps in our way, and even if things are going really well right now, I mean, it'd be great if it didn't, but reality is we all go through some ups and downs. And it's through those down periods that it's great to have support. It's great to share great experiences through the ups as well, don't get me wrong, so it's great to do life together with a, with a group of people. And I guess the second thing to that is also is when things are going really well for you, when, when life is, is humming along and, and everything's going fairly well, who are you looking out for? Who are you helping? Do you have an opportunity to do life in a circle with someone and help them? when you're going well, that you can be the one. You didn't fall in a pit, but maybe you're the one that's being able to pull them out and that you are actually intentional about making connections. So I think we talk about church and, and, and again, if, you, if church is not your thing, then just think about your own journey with in life. And this, this principle applies. I think it's very powerful when you put it in a church context, of course, and I think there's a spiritual dimension that you can't get elsewhere, but... But even in life, you can use this same principle. But when, we, when we're in a circle, when we have some friends around us um, that are able to help us out, uh, this, this church that we do here, 
is really a whole bunch of people. And I guess it's, a, it's a, as I said before, it's just, it's like a scratch of the surface. It's cool to come and meet and greet. But you know what? I, I hope this morning, when you walked into, um, into church, that someone greeted you and someone said hello. And I hope you feel really welcome because that was our intent if that happened. But you know what? Bunnings does that as well. Right? The Bunnings are very friendly. So is Woolworths and so is Coles and all that sort of stuff, right? But I don't, and I might talk about the weather maybe to someone at Coles or Woolies or Bunnings or something. Not much more. The way to go deeper is obviously not sit in a row. And, and this, this, over the next few weeks and last week as well, we're talking about, you know what, have we thought about taking that to the next level? Have you actually thought about what could we do to actually get motivated to actually, how do I invest in a circle? How do I put in? Who is around me that might actually be a part of that journey with me? And, and, and if you don't have anyone, that's okay. All right, because... If you would like to, we're not going to force people, we're not going to like twist people's arms, all that sort of stuff. But if you would like to, we'd like to encourage and help and find a little bit of stru- uh, structure. Uh, Angus is up the back there. He's, he's part of our, like our, our connect group uh, ministry that we're having where we're looking at trying to get different people in different groups if, if you haven't got one already. But I would like, we'll talk more about that later over the next couple of weeks. But for now, I would love for you to think about Maybe that's something I could get into. Maybe I would like to. Maybe I've thought about it, it's been a good idea, but haven't thought about it again for a while. But you know what? Yeah, life's better in circles. Um, and I would encourage you to, to, to maybe, um, yeah, be motivated enough to actually take a step or just investigate some of those options. Church is a pretty good start to a spiritual journey. But it's just a start. And I think we can take it a lot further than we put ourselves in a circle. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, I just want to thank you um, just for what you've done here uh, at Refresh. I want to thank you for the the circles we already have in place at our connect group, our small group ministry. Um, I want to thank you for people who may not be connected to that, but they still turn up to our community anyway. And and of course, we welcome them in as well. And and any person who walks in our door, Lord, and I thank you for the family environment that you have created um yeah i just want to ask that you continually place in our heart and maybe challenge us to think about some of these things and some of these structures i guess that you you've demonstrated that you've sort of put into practice yourself thanks lord amen just gonna ask sharon to come up the front she already is here thank you sharon thank you so much neil and uh isn't it awesome that we have a God of relationship? God's not a God of rows. God's a God of circles. And, uh, you know, he wants to be in every circle, in every space, um, wherever we might meet in circles. And uh, we're just super excited. As we said last week, one of our core focus this year for Refresh is to build that space and to connect through small groups. So, um yeah, we hope that God will speak into you how you can make that a reality in your life because we know and believe that it's going to make such a difference. Well, today we gathered to worship, to celebrate together, um, especially for Abby. And Abby, I'd like to invite you up the front um, because Abby has been baptised here at Refresh. Um, we want to welcome her to being an official member of Refresh. And so, um, 
through your affirmation of applause, who would like to welcome Abby as a part of our Refresh um, family? There's a small gift for you, Abby, from Refresh. And I'd also like to invite Dominique up. Now, Dom, where is she? Where is she? Oh, there she is. So Dom was baptised last year. Right at the end of the year, she was our crescendo of a fantastic year end and was baptised down at um, the beautiful uh, Redcliffe at um, Queen's Beach uh, late or mid-December before we all sort of snuck off for holidays and we didn't get an opportunity to welcome Dom into our church membership. So I know a number of you were there that afternoon as we celebrated with Dom, but again... I would like to see from applause, who would like to welcome Dom into our refresher membership? So welcome, Dom. This is your baptismal certificate. We gave uh, Dom a gift from Refresh that day, um, but we wanted to give you that particular certificate. I still have my certificate from when I was baptised. Um, yeah, a special little uh, memento, I suppose, of that commitment that you have made. And I'd like to just also mention that today is actually Dom's last day with us. Um, she's heading down to Melbourne to take up uni there. And I think Jordan as well, Jordan Marshall, uh, two of our young people that have been with us uh, for a number of years. So um, we wish you both as you head off um, all the very best. We'll miss you at Refresh, um, but know that it is still your home and you're always welcome back. <laughs> 